Hi, everybody. This is Gary Sandy, and thank you very much for listening to the WKRP cast. You're not a cop, are you? I'm at WKRP in Cincinnati. Hey, fellow babies. Welcome to a WKRP cast extra. This is a special inside look at the Turkeys Away episode outline. Normally on the WKRP Cast podcast, we do reviews of full episodes of the original WKRP in Cincinnati. In a regular episode, you'll find trivia, clips, drop-ins, and more. We are not doing any of those things today. Please make sure to check out a regular episode of the podcast. Okay, that's the disclaimer. If you're still here, it means you want the extra. Let's get into it. All right. What we have is a full outline of the famous Turkeys Away episode of WKRP. It's what Bill Dial submitted to get the creative process rolling. Thanks to contest nobody could win writer Casey Petrowski for giving us a copy of the outline. Casey said they handed it out as an example when he went to a new writer's meeting. Casey saved the outline, along with his notes about the experience, in a file folder. We're so glad he shared them with us. Casey has been an amazing friend of the podcast. The outline is really a narrative description of the episode, complete with set notes and even some character lines. We're going to read the outline as it was originally presented. We'll pause between scenes for some commentary. We know from our research that the original idea for Turkeys Away came from WQXI station manager and certified wild man, Jerry Bloom. It was one of the radio stories Hugh Wilson said he brought with him to Hollywood. Bill Dial got the nod to write the episode. Bill was a friend of Hugh's from Atlanta, and he had worked at WQXI. Hugh Wilson was known for rewriting everything. WKRP was his baby, and he took that very seriously. In the first season, the writers have joked in interviews that Hugh wrote or rewrote practically every line. Hugh himself said in an oral history that Bill Dial only had one line in the Turkeys Away episode. As we'll see from Bill's outline, that isn't exactly true. Bill didn't write the famous ones, and there was a lot of punch-up, but several of his lines did make the final cut of the show. Our outline opens in the lobby. Act 1, Scene 1, Interior, Reception. Jennifer is at her desk. She is on the phone. Carlson enters to hear her finish the conversation. That should take care of it. No, no, no need to bother Mr. Carlson with it. Yes, he's much too busy to take the time. She hangs up. Carlson wants to know what that was about. Oh, nothing really, just the coffee supply man. I took care of it. Good, Carlson says and starts going through his mail. Jennifer has it in two stacks. The important stuff, letters which need replies, she has already opened and organized so she can write the necessary responses. The unimportant stuff, junk mail, flyers, etc., she gives to Carlson. Is there anything in that stack over there that I need to see, he wants to know? No, Jennifer tells him. Routine business. I'll send out the routine replies. Good, he says, and rocks back and forth on his feet, a bit restless. Herb enters. He and Carlson and Jennifer exchange greetings. Carlson wants to know how Herb's end of the operation is going. Fine, fine, Herb tells him. No problems, Carlson wants to know. No, I think we're on the verge of turning this station around, Herb says. You know, the previous management here had things pretty screwed up around here. No offense. He goes back into his office. Carlson still doesn't go into his office. 
He wanders over and fiddles with Jennifer's hanging plants. Don't touch them, Jennifer cautions. And Carlson immediately backs away and heads for the magazine rack. We got any new trade magazines in here? Broadcasting or engineering news? Carlson asks her. No, you told me you didn't like to read about the radio business, so I canceled the subscriptions. Oh, yes, Carlson has forgotten. Les enters, bustling as usual. Carlson gives him a hearty greeting. How's the news operation going, he asks. Who wants to know? Les is suspicious as usual. I do. Just me. You know, the station manager. Oh, in that case, it's going just fine. No problems. Good, good. So what seems to be the big story of the day? Tax reform, inflation, the war in Africa, and in football, this could be the year for the Bengals. Or maybe not. It's too early to tell. And it's 55 degrees and cloudy. Oh, well, uh, thanks for the update. Keep up the good work. Thanks, big guy. And Les heads down the hall for his office. Well, everything seems to be running smoothly, Carlson tells Jennifer. Yes, nice for a change, isn't it? I guess so, Carlson says and heads for his office. He turns back to her. Sure there's nothing I can help with? No, nothing. Okay, send Travis into my office when he gets in, okay? Carlson goes into his office and scene. This is kind of setting up the way the original scene did or the scene that made the final cut of the episode. It's got that feel to it. Right. Well, like we were talking before, it, this is like the bones of the episode. Yeah, you can see the rough there. It's kind of like if you equate it to a sculpture. They've started getting a lot of the big stuff off and you can kind of see the underlying sculpture under there. But there's still a lot of work to do. Um, right. When and a lot of jokes, just putting in a lot of jokes. Mm-hmm. But in the airing, the little tweaks and and the, just the finer tunes that you got from Hugh Wilson's writing, you can really see that. Well, and also the speed. Uh, when you're locked into that 25 minutes that you've got to squeeze an episode into, you've got to cut out the stuff that doesn't make you laugh immediately. And that's what a, a lot of this to me felt bigger, longer. It just needed editing. It needed to be cut down, needed to get sharper. That that was a lot of it. And then, like we talked about, you said that, you know, the in this, it says Jennifer just has two stacks of mail. One of them's important stuff. The other one's the junk mail. Whereas in the final airing, it's gotten down to the only thing Art gets is one tiny little postcard-looking thing out of all the mail, which is much funnier than yes. handing him a stack of junk mail. And also, we've discussed how well Hugh Wilson knows the characters and, and intimately. And there's a couple of places, for instance, when Herb enters, the first thing he does in the final air is he hits on uh, Lonnie Anderson. Yeah, he's got a, got a line for Jennifer, which we don't get in this. So a lot of things like that that we see coming in through the punch-up. We also got a time cue in the final episode, in the actual episode, when Les does his little newscast, he says Thursday is Thanksgiving, which now kind of gives us a position in time. And we don't get that here. Right. That gives us the whole reason for this episode. Well, and the idea that we're a lot closer to Thanksgiving than it feels like here. And, and actually, as we get further into this outline, you're going to hear us say, you know, two days later and three days later. The outline took the episode over a much longer time span than the episode wound up 
being over in the final cut of it. And a lot of that is kind of keyed because of Les's uh, statement here right at the top when he does his newscast. At the end of the scene you just read, Carlson uh, goes into his office and in the actual airing of the final episode... He does not go into his office. He heads back to review the troops. Yeah, he's heading back there to make his tour of the station, where here he just moves right into his office as we go into scene two of the outline, interior, Carlson's office. Carlson enters and goes to his desk. He sits for a moment and taps his fingers on the desk. Then he gets up and goes to look out the window. Then he sits down and picks up the phone and buzzes Jennifer. Jennifer, what time is it? Nine ten. Fine. Seems later, that's all. Carlson tries to thumb through a magazine, but he's bored and he closes it. There's a knock on the door and he enters. You wanted to see me, he asks. Yeah, come on in here, you rascal, you so-and-so, you rough-and-ready guy. Carlson's bluff camaraderie puzzles Andy for a moment. He comes in, sits down. So, Carlson continues, what's the big picture? The big picture? Yeah, give me the rundown, the overview. You're my right arm, doggone you. What's happening out there in the field? Oh, you mean how's business? Give it to me, hot shot. Well, everything's fine. Going along about as could be expected. We've had a few starting up problems, but that was to be anticipated. Sure, the clients dropping out like flies, the enraged old listeners writing in the lobby. You learn to take these things in stride, Carlson says. Well, the point is, we did take them in stride, and now we're getting more and more new listeners. And Herb is learning how to sell the new format. Les is getting sharper every day. I think we may be able to tell your mother very soon that this station is operating in the black. Well, that's good. That's just perfect. Say, Andy, I wonder if you could help me with something. Sure, Mr. Carlson. Well, everybody here is doing so well and all. I just wondered if you could tell me how you think I'm doing. I think you're doing just fine. You do. I see. Why? Well, I don't know what you mean. Doggone it, Andy. I want to do something. It seems like I just come in here every morning and roam around the office. Herb's got sales nailed down. You're taking care of programming. Jennifer answers all the mail. I'm in charge, and I want to get involved here. Tell me, Andy, what exactly is my job around here? Andy's puzzled, but he tries to answer. You're the big guy, the station manager. You're the boss. I know all that. That's just what I am. What I want to know is, what do I do? The boss can do anything he wants to do. Uh-huh. Carlson seems satisfied at that answer. But, Mr. Carlson, I thought you liked to be left alone. Everything I've done here is to take the burden off your shoulders, to leave you free to consider larger issues than mere day-to-day -day operations problems. Yes, that's right, Travis. That's exactly what I wanted you to do. But now, I don't want you to do it. I don't understand. I've got to keep my hand in here. You said it yourself. I am the boss, and I'm going to start behaving like one. Now and Carlson starts behaving like a generalissimo, pacing up and down, hands behind his back. I want to approve personally everything that goes on here. Programming, sales, engineering, traffic, promotion, the works, get it? Fine, Andy says. I'll let everybody know. You do that. Travis, you're a good man, but I'm the big guy, and don't ever forget that. I won't, and Andy's gone. 
Carlson has puffed himself up now and is feeling his oats. He rings Jennifer on the intercom. Jennifer, this is the big guy. Bring me something to sign. Scene. So we get some beats in here that we see in the final episode. We've got the whole Andy, you know, tell me what the word is on the street. And he goes, oh, you mean how's business? That's a line. But we miss that whole tour and those fun little short scenes. We miss the dog scene in the studio with Johnny because that's part of Art's tour. And then him going into the programming office. And that's where we have the whole T-shirt conundrum with Bailey. Foreign stuff shrinks. You know, those kinds of jokes were not there. And then we eventually get to Art's office. And that's where we get this calling Andy in. And then Art saying he wants to approve everything that's going on. But again, it just felt like we need to edit. It needed to be shortened. And that's why it appears later. The scene in his office appears later where he does do all of a lot of this. Again, the bare bones. Yeah. And it's just pulling a couple of beats out of this scene. They're just a couple of things that worked, but they cut a lot of it away. Again, we're sculpting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. One of the lines that they did cut away that I thought was... uh, was important was when he's talking to Travis and he tells him, you're my right-hand man. You're a good man. One of the best. Carlson uses that. Well, now that was added in. That that, was added in and made it to the final episode. That's what I mean. He uses that term and it was not here. Right, right. And it's all those things that we're seeing that punch up and and, uh, that bouncing it around the writer's room and a lot of the influence of Hugh Wilson. Yes. All right. We ready for scene three? Scene three, Andy's office, a couple of days later. He's at his desk. Johnny enters, fuming. I've had it, man. Overload. Andy asks Johnny to sit down and tell him what's wrong. It's Carlson, Johnny tells him. Every morning for a week now, Carlson has been calling him in the booth with suggestions for records he wants played. Now he's started to suggest patter. It's too much. I do my own show my own way, Johnny says. I'll talk to him, Andy says. Bucky Dornster enters in a huff. Travis, what's all this about no new patch cords for the transmitter? I don't know what you mean, Bucky. What happened? Hey, pal, I'm the chief engineer around here. If I order patch cords, I don't want some half-baked disc jockey like you canceling the order. I didn't cancel the order. It must have been Carlson. Carlson? Impossible. That wimp wouldn't dare mess with me in Local 601. I can bring this station to its knees with the flick of a single switch, and don't you forget it. I'll talk to Mr. Carlson, and you go ahead and order whatever you want. Herb and Les Center both are upset. Andy, you've got to do something about the big guy. Andy asks what's gone wrong now. Herb says the big guy wants to meet all the new clients, and so far he's scared off a couple of big spenders from the local head shop. Les says Carlson is insisting on writing editorials for the news show. So far, he's pissed off the Chamber of Commerce, a couple of banks, and this morning, the mayor called to say he resents being called a whippersnapper. Carlson called the mayor of Cincinnati a whippersnapper on the air? Bailey enters, also upset. Andy now has a room full of discontent employees. Bailey says that Carlson grilled her about just exactly what her job is. And when she explained some of the promotions to him, he got very annoyed and said promotions were his responsibility and not hers. What do I do, she wants to know. Andy tells him he'll go in and take it up with Carlson. But Carlson saves him the trouble by appearing in the doorway. Ah, good. You're all here. I wanted to call a meeting anyway. Mr. Carlson, there seems to be some problems here, Andy says. Nonsense. I'm just whipping this place into line. 
Now, I've called you here to announce that I have just concluded a deal which will make radio history. We will stage the biggest Thanksgiving promotion ever. The details are secret. Just carry out your instructions. I'll need a helicopter and 20 live turkeys. Hop to it. And Carlson leaves a consternated bunch of folks. Fade out, scene, and end of Act One. All right. So there are a lot of uh, a lot of things here. <laughs> <laughs> well, the biggest thing is Bucky Dornster, <laughs> right? Bucky Dornster, who who was played by Bill, Bill Dial, Dial yeah. who wrote this outline. And Bill has got the acting bug, obviously. <laughs> Bucky did make it onto screen in Hold Up. He was the engineer on site during the remote at Dell Stereo Shop. And I think that was a bad idea to let Bill get on stage. Because, <laughs> because now he's writing himself yes, into scenes. Yes, Bill is putting himself into scenes and in a big way. Giving I mean, himself quite a few lines. Most of the lines in that scene were Bucky's. Uh, but we get the we get the everybody mad. We kind of get that feeling. But again, it's let's punch it up now. Let's make it funny. And it's it's not these these kind of... Pedestrian complaints that we're hearing here become the funny complaints when everybody's coming in and attacking Andy in what what became the final episode. Yes, Johnny's line where in the final episode where he says, I took this job car because I thought Carlson was like me, a guy who doesn't quite know what's going on and likes it that yeah, way. Yeah. That was written in later. Yeah, and well, and also a, a big deal that is a part of this face-off scene in the programming office that was part of the final episode that is not here at all is separating out those casually dressed people from yes. her bless and the big guy and we don't get any of that confrontation which became kind of a big part of the episode it really was that separation was there throughout and also one of the lines that that gave you quite a chuckle was when uh, herb entered and was told to get in line and oh, yeah, he yeah, went the, to the, the end of the gag. line, that visual d gag. That was not there, and I think that's a Hugh Wilson for sure. Oh, yeah, and, and what, he was so good at those visual gags we've seen in so many different places. And it's, all of it is just that make it sharper, make it funnier, punch it up. But you can kind of see it's it's out of focus, but we're getting, you know, we can see the bare bones of the show in here. And we also talked about how in this scene, Bill Dial kind of... Uh, blew the line, uh, gave away the, oh, the whole yeah. idea of the episode when he mentioned in the outline that Carlson said he wanted a helicopter and 20 live turkeys hopped to it. Yeah, and, and you, then you lose that. And something I noticed when we get to, you know, that scene with Les at Pine Table Shopping Mall and, and Les says it looks like a helicopter. And when they cut back into the studio, you see everybody going... A helicopter. helicopter? Yes. Well, here, if he'd have been given away here, it wouldn't have been a surprise, but it was a big surprise in the final cut of the episode. And again, it's how you structure telling that joke. And it was telling that joke that they were working on, and you don't want to give away that you got a helicopter. Exactly. All right, we're ready well, for... Well, that was the end of Act 1. You're ready for Act 2. All right, Act 2, Scene 4. And we're not sure about Bill's scene numbering, but he does continue consecutively with the scene numbers, but we've got a second act now. So this is Act 2, Scene 4, Interior Carlson's Office, a couple of days later. Carlson is behind his desk, looking and feeling like General Patton. Andy and Les are there. Jennifer is there, feverishly taking dictation. Carlson is finishing the dictation. 
And furthermore, this one-way street nonsense has got to stop. You, as the so-called mayor of this city, ought to know better. Sign that and get it in the mail right away. Jennifer is angry about all this extra work, but she does as she's told and gets up to leave. Andy asks Carlson for more details of the Thanksgiving promotion, but Carlson won't tell him. If everybody carries out his own responsibility, everything will come together and the promotion will be a great success. He hands Andy a sealed envelope. These are the teaser announcements and the format for the remote. Don't give them to Johnny until just before we go on the air. Les, have you arranged for the remote coverage? Yes, Les tells him, but I can't really do my job unless I know what it is you want me to do. You're a reporter, aren't you? Carlson tells him, report. You just be at the Pinedale Shopping Center at 11 and call it like you see it. Les agrees, but is puzzled. Les leaves. Andy gets up to leave. Carlson rises and goes to the window, feeling a bit like Napoleon. I hope you know what you're doing, Mr. Carlson. What? Of course I know what I'm doing. Why do you think they call me the big guy? Scene. <laughs> and for me in this one, the biggest gaffe, who was that woman that was taking dictation? <laughs> it was not Jennifer. Not Jennifer. Jennifer doesn't take dictation. No, and actually this is one of the first points in the series in this episode where we found that out when Art called her in for dictation and we got that great, I don't take dictation. And the coffee was even better. I don't get coffee. We agreed. Yes. None and, of that. And, and that's where, where Hugh Wilson comes in, how he knows the characters yes. intimately. He These characters knows live Jennifer in his head. Jennifer would not do that. They live in his head. And yeah, he knows Jennifer much better than Bill did obviously uh and it just it says jennifer is angry about all this extra work but no no jennifer's just not doing that work that's not jennifer so that that's a and big she's one right too there cool to get angry she never you know she kind of kept it in all the time she'd say um i don't take dictation mr carlson we agreed yeah that was about as angry as she ever got yeah yeah it was it was just very matter of fact it was short it was to the point but yes. we, i don't take dictation <laughs> and bill dial here talks about handing an envelope to um andy to give to johnny that contained the teaser announcements and the format for the remote yeah he got into a lot of the technicals about it well and also but he said don't give it to johnny until just before we go on the air so why have the teaser teasers aren't going to do much if yes. you don't give them until right before the event. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know what this feels like. And I remember as a kid when big movies would come out, there would be the novelization of the movie. Somebody would write a book that would be the movie. Well, what they do is get a little bigger and a little more flourishes and you'd see lines in the book that were in the movie, but then there'd be other lines in there that weren't nearly as good. And it's kind of the reverse. This is like the novelization of this episode. And there's just way more in there than needs to be. Yes. And Herb is not in this scene. No. And in the final airing, he was because it sets up the whole by my side. Yes. Be by my side. Um, you're my, you're my main guy or whatever. And in the in the final episode where Herb almost tears up. Well, and also when Carlson asks to be right by him. The reference to you know Herb is the man who got the turkeys. We haven't had any of that reference. He was given the assignment should have been in the last scene to go get the turkeys, and then in this scene he talks about having gotten the turkeys. So no focus on getting the turkeys, um, which you know was was a lot of fun in the final cut of the episode. So yeah, just again a lot of that punch up, and let's get to the funny. 
Scene five, DJ booth. Johnny is at the board. Andy, Herb, and Bailey are there to listen to the remote broadcast of the Thanksgiving promotion. At the end of a record, Johnny turns on the mic. So it's 11 o'clock here at the Mighty KRP. And turning to Andy, the envelope, please. Andy gives him the envelope and Johnny tears it open. This is the moment we've all been waiting for, the moment when we learn the details of the WKRP Thanksgiving aerial extravaganza. He reads from the pages he was handed. We take you now to our live reporter on the scene at the Pinedale Shopping Center. Take it away, Les Nessman. We hear less over the speakers. Throughout the following, the people in the control booth react accordingly to whatever happens. This is Les Nesman. I'm standing here in front of the odd size shoe store in a crowd of, say, two to three hundred people. We are all here to witness what has been described as the greatest Thanksgiving event in history. All we know is that 500 live turkeys are going to be given away by WKRP free to our listeners here at the Pinedale Shopping Center. The crowd is tense, waiting for whatever is going to happen. Eyes scanning the skies. Just a moment. I think I see something. Yes, there it is. Coming in from the east, it's a helicopter, yes, and there's something behind it, a banner. I can't make it out. The chopper is getting closer. The crowd is anxious, pressing forward. I can read the banner now. It says, Happy Thanksgiving from WKRP. The copter is circling the parking area. The crowd is moving out now into the area, waiting. I don't know if there's room here for it to land or exactly what will happen now. W wait a minute. I think something just came out of the helicopter, a dark object. It's too far away to see clearly, perhaps a skydiver. Now a second and a third. Three objects are falling from the helicopter. Now a fourth. There are no parachutes yet. If these are skydivers, they're extremely daring, plummeting to the earth from only about 2,000 feet above the shopping center. They don't look like skydivers. I can't tell yet just what they are. There's a pause. Andy and the others exchange anxious looks. Oh, my God. We hear screams and crashes in the background. It's terrible. They're turkeys. They're crashing to the pavement now in front of us. One has gone through a windshield of a parked car. I can't stay in this position much longer. The shouts and scuffling grow louder. Several of the people here have spotted me in the remote broadcast mic, and they seem to be coming for me. Suddenly, the line goes dead. Johnny is stunned for a moment, but then turns to his mic. Thanks, Les, for that on-the-scene report. We'll be checking in with Les and the Thanksgiving extravaganza a little later on. Right now, the Atlanta Rhythm section. And then an asterisk. Bucky Dornster will be in this scene, too, <laughs> back behind the glass in the other control room. And I'm not making that up. That is the last line of the scene. And scene. <laughs> Bill. <laughs> Yeah, get get in there a little bit more, Bucky. No lines, uh, no lines, but he was he was there. Yeah. Now this is the you know this is the Hindenburg and the famous uh, everything that goes on there. Uh, this is setting it up. This is kind of setting the table for it. And actually, I'm surprised really how much of Les's patter was retained in the final uh, cut of the show. You know, we've got the, a dark object and the skydivers from 2,000 feet up. And there are a lot of details that made it. But, boy, there's just a lot that needed to be pared yes. down again. Well, starting at the beginning of the scene, in the final airing, remember the Johnny and Venus scene where they talk about the wig promotion? I would, I would almost even call that an entirely different scene. It was a different story and a different everything. But, yeah, the whole Guatemalan earthquake victim story. Yes. 
completely added in and they, to the they final were, script. And then Andy and Bailey enter, and then it right. takes off. Right. It's just this opportunity for this this other funny story and just this funny image that we can get where with Johnny talking to Venus and telling him that story. But none of that in here, mm-hmm. so all of that part of the punch-up. And in Bill Dial's outline, he mentioned 20 turkeys at the beginning <laughs> yes. of the outline. And, suddenly and in got... this scene, it's jumped up to 500 yeah, turkeys. Yeah, 500 live turkeys are going to be given away. I don't know if maybe <laughs> early on Bill had, and and you have to understand too, what we're looking at here is typed on a typewriter, and sometimes lines continue on to the edge of the margin. There's no margin there because he had a few more words he had to get in and, and yes. went back and instead of retyping the whole thing. Parts of it are double-spaced, parts are parts single-spaced. Parts are single-spaced where some things have been added. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it was a work in progress. Also, we don't get the, well, the name of the shoe store that uh, Bill Dial has written in is Odd Size Shoe Store, which is funny. That's a cute name. But we don't get, in the final airing, it was Sam's Sensible Shoes, the interaction between Les and Sam, who is played by Michael Fairman. Who's Les's writing partner Les's writing and friend. Partner. Yeah. Yeah, so so we... he, he didn't even have a part in, in uh, Bill Dial's outline. All right. On to scene six. Interior reception area. Jennifer is busy with the phones. Andy is helping. We hear Andy talking into one of the phones. No, Mr. Mayor, I don't know anything more about it than what we heard. They should be back any minute now, and we'll get to the bottom of it. Yes, I'll let you know if Mr. Carlson was involved. He hangs up. Jennifer says, well, that was the Humane Society. They plan to issue a citation to whoever is responsible for this. What on earth do you suppose happened out there? Carlson is in the doorway. His clothes are torn to ribbons. His face and hands are scratched. He stands there for a moment and then says quietly and calmly, It didn't go exactly the way I planned it. He staggers for his office. Andy and Jennifer offer to help, but Carlson says he wants to be alone. They're really vicious creatures, you know. Who would have thought it? And Carlson is gone into his office. Les enters. He's as banged up and ragged as Carlson. What on earth happened, Les? Jennifer gets Les some water, and he sits down to tell his story. Well, after the turkeys hit the pavement, the crowd scattered. Some of them tried to attack me, but I jammed myself into a phone booth. The big guy had the helicopter land in the parking lot, and then he turned the rest of the turkeys loose. I guess he figured that he'd let the people chase him on the ground. Well, what happened next was the turkeys mounted a counterattack. It was terrible. People running everywhere, turkeys jumping up and down and chasing them. It was the strangest thing. They seemed to be organized. There was one big one that led four others after Mr. Carlson. It was quite a chase until they cornered him in a pizza parlor. I think we're going to have to pay those pizza people something. Finally, we got all the turkeys rounded up, and the police came, the fire department. I've never seen anything like it. The door to Carlson's office opens. Why didn't you tell me turkeys can't fly? He asks of everyone in general. Scene. Aside from the double negative in the final line there, why didn't you tell me they can't? Oh, that's... <laughs> Oops. No, glad, well, that, that works. Why, glad that wasn't the final line of the show. That works. Why <laughs> yeah. didn't you tell me they can't Why didn't you tell me they fly? can't? Yeah, it really does work, but it's kind of a why? really awkward structure for that sentence. <laughs> yeah. 
It's, oh, it, but man. grammatically, it, it's okay. Yeah, it does work. Yep. Yeah. There were several lines of his that they did keep in, but a lot of punch up. And you know what's funny is the line that Hugh Wilson in the oral history claimed was Bill Dials was a punch up line, Mr. Colley, and the actual talk to the Humane Society, because we hear Jennifer's side of the conversation with the Humane Society in the final cut of the episode, and here it's just her talking about having made the call. Or right. Having, well, having, I uh, thought, I the, thought the line that they said was his was the, a lot of turkeys don't make it through right. Thanksgiving. Which is what she's saying to the man from the Humane Society on the phone call. That line, the line that she says, is the one that uh, Hugh identified as being Bill's line. So that would have been a punch-up line. And it's not here. No, it's not in this original outline. So that's, you know, and, and really the next step for this, what he would have done after this, they would have all gone through and noted everything. They'd have made notes throughout it and then handed it back to Bill. And then the next step would have been him to write the script. So maybe he came up with it in the one of the editing sessions. Well, and also, I mean, it's it's possible just anybody else in the writer's room might have thrown one of these lines out. And, you know, that's that's kind of what they're doing there is sitting around punching it up, adding things to it, adding adding more fun and, and making it sharper. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of fun to see where it started. One of the things that made it into the final episode uh, airing was when Mr. Carlson came in and Jennifer offers to get him some coffee. Yeah. And remember earlier in a scene in the air, final airing, she does not get coffee. It was agreed upon. Well, but that was the callback to that in and the, then, and in, that she was giving into that yes. to be nice to him. Something that I thought was funny, one of the great lines in that final scene is when Les looks around and says they seem to be organized. And the way he says the word organized is so memorable. That line was here in going all the way back to this outline that they seem to be organized. But then again, you know, cutting it down, making it sharper. He goes on with that. There was one big one that led four others after Carlson, which that's a funny image, but it's just too much. You just, in the the limitations of that sitcom structure, you got to get to the funny and move on. Now in Bill Dial's outline, he has Carlson standing in the doorway um, and in the final airing, remember, Herb was with him. But we didn't get that set up either in, in this outline. Right. So Herb couldn't be with right. him Right, so here. there's no way Herb could have been with him. So just a lot of and those things. And in the final that... airing, Herb didn't have a single word in that scene. But his presence there really made helped make oh, the yeah. scene memorable. Something else we're getting here in the final outline that we did not get in the episode is another scene. Um, you know, Finished famously with Arthur in the doorway and the famous line, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly, which here we had Art in the doorway saying, why didn't you tell me turkeys can't fly? Not nearly as strong a line. But then that was it. That was the end of the show. Freeze. We've got the credits up and then into the the closing music. Well, here in the outline, we get one more scene. Tag. Interior Carlson's office. Several days later. Andy's there. Carlson has his stack of mail on his desk. Who would have thought a few crummy turkeys would have everybody stirred up like this? Don't feel too bad, Mr. Carlson. You couldn't have known. It should have worked, Andy. I know. It was a terrific idea, wasn't it? Yes, a little ahead of its time, maybe. I was always ahead of my time. Carlson gets up to pace, looking still a bit battered and not so much like Patton anymore. You know, Andy, I've been thinking. I'm really too busy to attend to the day-to-day details of operation around here. That's what I'm paying you for anyway. Am I right? You're right. I'm right. I'll just stay in here and map out the big plans for the future. You know, 
Consider the alternatives. Go over my options. That sort of stuff. That's why they call you the big guy. Don't you forget it. Andy grins and leaves. Carlson sits down at his desk, delighted to have nothing to do. End of Ooh. scene, end of act. <laughs> and yeah, really that didn't That wasn't really that. necessary. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our WKRP cast extra. A little uh, Christmas present for you at the end of 2020. Hope you enjoyed it. Bill Dial's original outline for Turkey's Away. We will be back with a brand new episode on January 12th of 2021. We hope you join us then. Happy New Year. May the good news be yours. The WKRP cast is not endorsed by MTM Enterprises, Shout Factory, or CBS. This podcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. WKRP in Cincinnati, the WKRP logo, and all names, pictures, and audio of WKRP in Cincinnati characters are registered trademarks of MTM, CBS, Shout Factory, or their respective copyright holders. Almost forgot, fellow babies. Booger! <laughs> <laughs>